Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Connor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsparts.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. Hi guys. Good evening. <laughs> We've hit the ground running. Uh, do bear in mind that the guy on that side, okay, we're going to keep at arm's length because he's got a Ooh. bit of a cough. And if he's occasionally Ooh. muted, it's just because I Ooh. can hear him coughing in the background. The guy on that side is, is fresh from going around wearing his T-shirt. Come on, show us your T-shirt, Nick. Here we go. Oh, no, show, us your chest. <laughs> show us your chest. Marvellous. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at that, guys. Look at that. Um, am I to assume, Nick, that you were recently at Crufts and you were wearing the Ditch the Dry t-shirts? I, I was at Crufts. Had a, had a lovely time. Well, on Thursday, went with the good people at ProDog Raw and we had a fine old time. Yeah. And then on Saturday, yeah. went with uh, Greg and the gang at Benefit Natural and we, uh, we did the Saturday thing. So it was good. It was busy. People cool. were really interested. Um... Uh, lots, lots of questions, lots of good questions. A lot of, lot of really quite, um, uh, I think we've still got work to do on, on, on getting some people up into the basics of raw food, guys. We mm. need to work on that. Maybe we need to think about webinars or something, not quite sure. But it was fun. Everybody was really grateful to be at Craft. If anybody was there, I'll tell you what, a number of people came along and said, You've made, not me, but we have made their Tuesday nights. They really, really enjoy it. They've learned oh, lots. It's actually, yeah, seriously, we have yeah. evolved. We've actually evolved their thinking on raw food, on Great. nutrition in general. And some people, it's, they've even taken it over to themselves. They say they eat better over the last year. They've learned about, about food and deep nutrition and all that stuff. So you know what? We are making a difference. And thank you, everybody who came up to me at craft here's a thought for next year how about that because there are about there were 11 raw food stands at craft how about next year we we do an hour on i don't know five or six or seven or eight different stands and so we'd have the raw pet medics with so and so and then so and so and then so and so and then we stay overnight get going we'll do two or three the next day and what have you and we're just, just chatting with people. They're really, really up for raw. Yeah, 11 mm -hmm. different stands in, in, in Craft this year. Um, people were keen. People were yeah, really, really good. keen. Listen, uh, Connor, how are you feeling, mate? You, you've got I COVID. Right. Yeah, I've COVID. I went to Liverpool there for the weekend. And uh, last time I went to, uh, went to Essex and, and I came back with COVID original, I believe, although I wasn't tested for it at the time. That was in December 2008. 19, COVID-19. Um, right. But so I would have been one of the first in London, but now we know I'd be, it was around a lot before that. So I don't know if it was COVID or not, but I was mashed with it this time. So I thought I was never going to get it again because, you know, COVID original, the, the tough version. Uh, but no, this time I went to Liverpool and I came back with it bloody again. So two of the lads, two of my friends said, I've got bloody COVID. And they did a test as well. And it's like, oh no, I do, I've got COVID as well. It's quite a shock really when you see it on the test. It's like, ew, I do have it. <laughs> Oh, uh, imagine doing a pregnancy test. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, I would. I must admit, if I did one of those and it came back positive, I'd be really <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> we look after anyway, you, friend. Don't worry, we yeah. look after yeah. you, and we give you a little maternity uh, yeah. leave as well from, yeah. from RPM. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I uh, kind of felt I felt bad yesterday going to bed, and I felt pretty pretty ropey in bed last night. And this morning, I have to say, getting out of bed was hard. But I've been taking a couple of Panadol. I've been taking Vitsi D Zinc. Uh, quercetin, echinacea, uh, lashing them all into me. Um, I that even what you took normally my... feel like on uh, the Monday morning after, after a Liverpool weekend in Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my wife was saying. Uh, <laughs> I was checking to see if I just drew in the line, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I took taking that and a few other bits and pieces, and I have to say I feel absolutely grand now this time. Uh, so taking taking action, you know. So. Um, it helps. There is bits and pieces you can do, and uh, you know, as opposed to our HSE guidelines, is do absolutely nothing. It's like I feel like I've got the flu. I am going to take action. Uh, so yeah, lashing them all into me. Lie in bed, get a few movies in. I've started watching Parks and Recreation, and I've just developed a man crush on Chris Pratt. Does anybody know who Chris Pratt is? Hopefully, some some of the listeners are largely female. Maybe they do know who he is. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is a movie like it's a bit of a dorky kind of uh, sci-fi kind of movie, but he's funny in that. Parks and Recreation is a is a really top notch American comedy about twenty minutes, twenty five minutes long. So when you're lying in bed and you're feeling crap, that's the sort of dumb crap you want to watch. The English Office, number one for me, uh, Peep Show, which I also love, uh, and also now this Parks and Recreation, I'm absolutely. And that the last five minute just shows me what happens with COVID brain. It turns you to mush. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, and I started reading about Chris Pratt. Like, oh, I really like this guy. He was living in his van at 19 and he just went up to someone who was an actress and he said, I'm an actor too. She goes, Oh, we're looking for a guy to play this kind of hunk. And he got the movie role and he doesn't take himself too seriously. Bloody hell, let's stop going on about Chris Pratt. <laughs> 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 Jesus, guys, he's not well. Just, 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 they're all agreeing with you. And sorry, Connor, you've got. Oh. Uh, saying, you know, this is great. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. This is COVID fever, not crap fever. So uh, just... <laughs> anyway, bloody hell. Can we move okay, on? Okay, listen, well, guys, what are we talking about today? We are going to be oh. talking about, there, are, there, there is always a range of raw food. You get really great raw food. You get really poor raw food. And it's pretty difficult to tell one from the next you know there are the obvious things like if it smells disgusting then and you wouldn't eat it yourself then don't, probably don't want to feed it to your dog although tripe always sounds smells a bit disgusting and dogs love it and it does them very very well but if it smells off and just just shitty horrible rotten turf it out and start again but apart from that um uh, i tell you what uh, uh, uh brendan where would you like to start i think look you know th- there's a lot out there and i think one of the biggest bugbears for me is where people have grabbed a food and then they're just repeating that food over and over again and it tars everybody so you know maybe they've just chosen chicken mint okay and you know they've got them minced up you know it's easy to give they've just defrosted it and they believe they're feeding raw if anything we've done if you've you know if you please have a look back at our whole year's worth of discussing how to bring in other things, get variety, give some balance through variety and everything. But if there's one thing that you take away from tonight, do not believe that you can go and buy one food that's the same thing 
over and over again and believe that you're giving balanced raw food to your dog or cat, okay, you please must have a look at a range and start to do some variety. So I think rather than necessarily the, the obvious, and I agree with what Nick said about, you know, if it smells green, if it's, you know, got the yellow labels on in the supermarket and you thought, well, that's a cheap meal for my dog, okay, and it, it's just by gone by, it's gone by date, you know, that's not the stuff that you really want to be feeding your treasured loved companion. That is just a, a hiding to a disaster, I think, in those circumstances. Just add, add that with regard to sell-by dates, and this goes for human stuff as well. If the, if the food has gone over the sell-by date and you smell it and it smells fine, it probably is fine, okay, generally speaking. But if it's over the sell-by date and it smells disgusting, then just don't, don't even try, okay? Sell-by dates are a guide, that's all. And it yeah. depends on all sorts of things. You know, I've seen supermarket aisles where you've got teenagers helping themselves to get the stuff out of the freezer or fridge department out the back. They're pulling the trolleys. They stick them up down the middle of the aisle, not in the fridges, okay? And they decide to do all of the trolley work first so that they can then stack the shelves, okay? Meanwhile, those trolleys are sat in the middle of a supermarket aisle with people going by them at nice ambient temperature. That's not how to treat good meat, okay? Uh, so just be aware when you're buying in certain circumstances, you know, try and make sure that that meat is being looked after in the best possible condition right up until um, you buy it, okay? And then it's up to you to keep it in good condition until um, you feed it to your pet. What, what do you guys think is the, is the bad, is the downside to feeding best before and not bad after meat to the dogs? If you saw a yellow sticker, and it's a used by date, they four days on fresh meat, and it has to be disposed of, so plastic and meat goes into the incinerator after that. I see that yellow sticker, and I kind of feel like I'm doing the world a favor getting that food into the It's day three, day four, day three for the beef bin, say. And I pick it up and I give it to the dog, and I say, yeah, that's no problem. I'll use a bit of that. I'll use a bit of turkey that's on day three or day four. And what do you see as the real downside there for a dog on, at that level? that just on the line. Um. So you are playing the roulette wheel, okay? At that point, you're taking an informed decision about Dudley South and how he's going to cope with what you're giving him and your ability to determine what's within that food, okay? Um, there could be, nine times out of 10, be absolutely fine. If you're willing to risk that one out of 10 that you could be giving him something aberrant, now, to your Dudley, that might be absolutely fine because his health is on, on, you know, a good plane. For a dog who's poorly, for those guys out there, you know, if you've got a dog who's got renal disease or you've got a dog who's got liver disease or got IBD and you accidentally choose that one out of 10 that's going to have something aberrant in it, that could have a lot more health implications for that issue. Look, come on, guys. There are some great raw companies out there that are doing really sterling work to make sure that food is coming into them from suppliers, okay, frozen, not ambient, okay, that it's coming into them, they're actually processing it. Some of these companies are managing to process with their new grinders down at minus uh, one and a half to two degrees, which is meaning that they're keeping bacterial growth rates low, so they're bringing it from uh, you can't grind at minus 19. There is no way. You just wreck the machines. But, you know, if you can 
grind it at that sort of uh, lower level and then get it back frozen, you know, as soon as it's been processed. That's a way of effectively keeping bacterial numbers down. There's loads of companies that are really making efforts to do that out there. There are some, unfortunately, that you really want to find these out. Some of them smaller um, makers. You can go on a summer's day. You'll see lorries coming in with ambient meat. They'll be sticking it through processors, okay, uh, grinding it up and dishing it out for you to freeze at home. And you're thinking, is that really what I want? You know, do you want bags of fresh, slightly strange meat that's gray and, you know, maybe nondescript yeah. going into your poop? Okay, so uh, we, we've looked at bacteriology. Make sure you, you're dealing with a reputable uh, production company. And, um, and many of them will, will say, yes, you can come and have a look and, and look around and see what we're doing. Okay, so that's worth asking them. So the next thing is the... Uh, is the quality of the meat, yeah? Is this some cow who died in the field that they didn't want to render? They thought they might be able to get a few good for it. That's not a great way to do it. Are, are your company doing their research and getting from really reputable um, uh, 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 meat suppliers? Uh, so my, my beef, as it were, is about the, the composition. You know, people talk about complete imbalance. Okay, I've talked with the guys about this, and they, they said everybody knows about complete imbalance. And I said, I don't think that people do know. So what does complete mean? What does balance mean? So complete is the opposite of complementary. Complementary is something like win a lot, or, you know, it's basically just biscuit, yeah, to which you have to add something else, yes? Whereas complete, the implication with complete from the PFMA is that you could, you could feed that food alone for life and they would be okay okay yeah so that's what complete means what does balanced mean balanced means that you've got all the ingredients but they they are all you've got the the, the fat the protein and carbohydrate in a certain rough proportions and you've got the minerals in certain proportions and then it's all it's all balanced which is quite logical because you could put in you could, I was thinking, you get, a, you get a sausage and you roll it in iron filings and some seaweed and you might have all the necessary fat, protein and minerals, but it would be way off being a balanced meal. Yeah, you with me? You've got everything, but it ain't balanced. So if it's complete and balanced, it, it's got everything you need and they're in the right proportion. So I think... There are other arguments against that, but but let's just go with that for now. Okay, so so as a guide, something that's complete and balanced. There are companies out there who are selling 80-10-10, so that's 80% meat, 10% bone, 10% uh, offal, viscera, that is liver and heart and kidney and what have you, and they're selling those as completes. And I, and, and I don't think that's right because I, do, I formulate foods and I take days to formulate these foods and you can't do it with just bone, just organ, just meat. Any thoughts on that, gents? 80-10-10. I think 80-10-10 is a great start of a diet. Fabulous, wonderful. But please, why are they pulling well, them so, so One of my thoughts about that, and, and it does, you know, I get where you're going. But, you know, one, you're balancing. If you're balancing something, generally you're balancing it to a set of regs. And if yeah. you're currently balancing it, you're probably, and if you're using one of those formulator programs at the moment, you're probably balancing to an AFCO or FEDIAF guideline. And yeah. if you're doing that, 
just skew slightly because we already have seen some research into, you know, it's not the same absorptions from raw as you would need from kibble. So there's already some shift on whether that's correct. And it's minimal values too, so it's not really necessarily optimum values um, that's within there. The other thing is I see a lot of people that are, and not saying you are doing this, Nick, in, in, with your companies or, or whatever, but I'm seeing some companies that are adding artificial ingredients to try and top that up. So inorganic levels of phosphorus, inorganic levels of calcium to try and get those levels right within their food. And we know from what we've learned with the, a lot of processed food that those nutrients are not absorbed at the same rate. You know, they can diffuse across the gut and increase levels within their, uh, the cats and dogs that are eating those way beyond what they would otherwise absorb if they were still in an organic compound in the bone material or whatever. So I think there's a lot of work that still needs to be done to get that. And I would never see in nature or, or in my own diet, let alone my diet that I gave to my kids, that every meal I gave them was complete and balanced. You know, we're chasing, you know, you're chasing that rainbow with a pot of gold at the end, which isn't actually attainable or isn't proper, because then you then bring in individuality of the animals, and all of a sudden you blow out of the water those guidelines, which is for the average dog. Who has the average dog? Sorry, Nick. Sorry, no, no, after you, mate. After you. I was just literally going to go, and there is a difference between the ability to survive, and you know we're seeing you know forever dog, great, you know your things, our, our discussions about useful additions. You know there are so many things that we're coming up with longevity, with quality of life, with improving health, where some of the things that you've just talked about with adding these berries and you know other things in there mashed can add to diet. And not even on the scope for AFCO or FEDIAF. You know, they're, they're useful additions that we should be looking into those nutrients. Yeah. How can we get those in? Because we're no longer just talking about survival here of our beloved companion. We're talking about trying to make them thrive and be as healthy as possible for as long as possible with us. Um, and that's a whole new adventure with raw food uh, that we can start to embark on. Um, and I think we really want to be really starting that process of looking at nutrients and also understanding that if you give everything in every meal, the body's not designed that way. You will actually get minerals that are competing for the same pathway to be absorbed. How's that going to work? Whereas actually, yeah. if you give variety, you gain that, you know, to and fro and building up reserves that you need. And yeah, you can get away with feeding your dog for three, six months in a relatively deficient diet and they will cope with reserves, okay? They won't do well, they'll survive, they won't do brilliantly with their immune systems or whatever, but ultimately they will get by. And that's why we can do these restricted protein diets for looking at allergies and things like that. But I think really what we should be really pressing for is people's understanding of why there should be whole foods, there should be variety, and we start to look at the benefits of some of these useful additions and functional medicine. Okay, I think so. I think one of, one of I mean there's 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 many, many, many reasons why the raw food and fresh food movement are superior to the kibble movement. And for me, one of the 
really, really important thing is, is that we uh, very much uh, push the idea of variety, whereas the, the kibble companies, especially the, the, the big kibble companies, the Mars, the Nestle, the Colgate Palmolives of this world, they will be saying, this is a life stage food. You only need this food for the entire life stage. And so I think they, at very best, have only tested that food for six months. And yet they're saying for your dog, you can feed it from a year old when they become an adult to six, seven years old when they become a senior. And they have absolutely no clue, generally speaking, that that is an appropriate diet for every single animal that is on that. So they're slightly clueless. The raw food community is slightly clueless because the formulation might have been using American software but we're feeding from a European source. And so the selenium levels within the beef might be completely different. And therefore, everybody is slightly blind within the whole industry. I hate to admit that, but everybody, yeah? But it is safer, I would wager, to feed a raw food or a fresh food diet where, where we espouse, we, we embrace Variety, we actually say that it's, in, it's essential. Variety is the key. It's the heart of a good raw diet. And I think you are going to be excess and deficiency, much more excess and deficiency proof than any other feeding mechanism on the planet. I, I, think, that, I think that's spot on. But um, I think maximum credit to the companies that do sign up to the likes of Raw Safe that Bren has been working so hard on. Do you want to tell people, remind people where you are at the moment with Raw Safe? Yeah, so we started to roll out Raw Safe. So we've got some places now being inspected by a well-known company um, that, you know, it's A1 for inspecting human-grade food plants, um, you know, doing a lot of meat inspection across the world. So this is not going to be tied to the UK, but at the moment we're doing uh, test runs in the UK. Um, uh, thanks to uh, some companies which have helped look at that process, there's a few things like DRC, a British recognized standard um, certification for um, food manufacturing. We've looked into all of those and it's looking at best practice for you know being able to monitor ingredients coming in, making sure that they're coming in not just ambient, but they're frozen. So they're frozen at source and coming in frozen uh, to these stores. Uh, you've mentioned, you know, working with a few companies uh, that have already sort of signed up to those sort of agreements. And some of them have ISO standards. Some of them have BRC. This is uh, and Salsa, which is about being able to be sold in various stores. Um, but this is um, effectively something that's inspe inspected by vets. They're going into these places, making sure that nobody's shortcutting any of these practices. It's not just a rubber stamp of a, I've got the ability to make a raw food from DEFRA and that's what I'm going to do. And that I'm going to comply that if I've got a problem, they come in and find uh, where that meat come from. This is going through all the steps of how to keep biosecurity in that plant, how to make sure that the food that's going in can be monitored, how it's going through the plant, what's coming out the other end, how it's being shipped out of that and how you can monitor and trace all of it okay from start to end so that's the start of raw safe in with that yes there's the bacteriology stuff comes within all of that certification etc um in with that is 
a lot of stuff that we're going to be working at. There's countries around the world that are crying out. I have told somebody mentioned about Canada not having uh, any raw pet food uh, regulations at the moment. You know, there's um, Peru and Chile and, you know, some of the South American countries that are asking for some of this information. So, you know, we've created a really great set of standards for people to be inspected to at uh, that level. Uh, and that we're really looking forward to the reports coming back and then being able to effectively give them that certification going forward um, and promoting that. So we're ruling out some of those that are just making ambient products, you know, as you say, out the back of a van or, mm. you know, some of these uh, manufacturers that you would go on a summer's day and your stomach would turn for the smell that's coming off them and then the sight of people loading into the backs of their cars ambient product that's dripping from the bag you know it's just you know that's it's something that you really don't want to see it's, it's, it's unbelievable that companies as an ex-manufacturer you know that somebody would sign up to raw safe that is a phenomenal undertaking because it is nothing but scary to have someone coming through your premises the brand is there many companies signing up out of the so we've got a test cohort uh, of 12 that are going through the process what? at the moment uh, and we've, um, uh, you know, we're really impressed with that. Um, look, yeah, we're not, we are doing stuff. So if they don't quite make it, we're giving them feedback. We're helping educate the areas that they're lacking in to try and help them then pass the next time. You know, it's not about, you know, whipping these people and grinding people into the ground. This is about trying to lift the whole uh, industry so that we're actually giving out much safer raw food that people can't critique um, and, you know, label them all in with the people that are selling out the back of the van, you know, because, yeah. you know, if those cases are highlighted by the national press as this is the danger to your dog, you know, we want to be able to distance ourselves from that sort of practice and say, no, look, there are great manufacturers out there. And I know somebody mentioned the PFMA tried to launch um, uh, something, but it, it's very much been in the light of DEFRA certification, and then that's the manufacturers managing themselves a certification. So what we've done separately in conjunction with the Raw Feeding Veterinary Society um, is to create the Raw Safe mark, which is actually then independently inspected by a separate third-party company. So we're not even coming in yeah. and guiding them. We're right. giving them a set of guidelines but we've got inspectors coming out inspecting those plants. So take courage from the fact of what that mark will, will give to that food. Two little yeah. thoughts there. Number one is, can any manufacturer get in touch with RawSafe and apply to join RawSafe? Absolutely. So if they yes. just go on to the rawsafe.co.uk, uh, there is no barriers. Uh, we've worked out the situations uh, for those that aren't necessarily manufacturing uh, themselves, that's in the pipeline and, and they're being inspected too to the same standards, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and looking at that, so there are some manufacturing plants that may get more than one inspection because, the, you, know, uh, you know, as that initial inspection because they'll be inspecting per brand and they'll be looking at how those individual brands trace a traceability works. It's not just about the grinding of the machine it's about so many things to do with traceability in you know ingredients coming in all the way to how that's dealt with customer care going out fabulous yeah. so any company can apply 
uh, rawsafe.co.uk that's fantastic um uh, that's really good right i'm going to move us on guys because yeah. we're, we're over time just recently uh, one of the younger prominent uh critics of raw food and many alternative uh alternative approaches has written a real slaughter piece by a uh, a real uh, a real criticism very strong criticism of raw food and uh, and we've we've discussed we'd like to just go through it line by line or point by point and just say well actually give our point of view on that because we think that they do watch this hello everybody um we know you're watching so, we know you're watching. Hello. <laughs> the articles that we've seen that have been written around the, the things that we've yeah. talked about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> all these articles come out within two weeks of us discussing it, which is quite interesting. So, hello, everybody. So, uh, how about that? So, there's there's this, this a, a real, a really, uh, what am I trying to say, boys? Um, so, it's a really strong article. It's very anti-raw, and we would like to to take that. What we'll do is we'll put it up on. Facebook and in Patreon, so everyone can see it. So they can read it first of all, and we're just going to take down each point. And and it's for up to you to think to work out if you think they are more logical than us, they are more scientific than us, or the other way around. And we'd like to take you on that journey, guys. If 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 that's good with you, I think it's a really really important thing that we can do. These are the arguments, and this is what we think of those arguments. Yeah, I think we should call that show the funny pages because there's actually a few different little articles that have come out. There's one or two. There's been one on raw dog food by a major, uh, I was going to say, uh, a major, a very vocal person that's very anti-raw. I always think anybody that's anti-ending in a very vocal way, there's always something to hide. Uh, I bet their raw feed is in the background. So yeah, let's go through that. There's also <laughs> one on leptospirosis that we might dance through quickly and, and show the people how we would interpret the article and say, when I see that written and that's not referenced and other points are referenced, I think that's quite telling. It's like, where's the reference for that crucial point? So how to interpret an article that bits that leap off the page for us. They're going to make some fair points. We might make some fair points, but let's see. Uh, I think that's a good idea. Like, just, in, just, guys, just to drag you back to that raw safe thing for one second, uh, somebody asked, can we see who is in raw safe? Uh, yes. So what will happen is that they will be a published list uh, of those that are in raw safe. Um, obviously, at the moment, we're under obligation for those that don't succeed because they've got a chance to come back and, you know, re-accredit if they've picked up their manufacturing process, et cetera. Uh, so that's, there's not going to be a, these are the people who failed by any means because yeah. you can't do that yeah, legally yeah. for legal reasons at the moment. But there will be a list started to be generated uh, once we've got these initial that's 12. Amazing. And you'll start that's to see way. the mark on their packaging. So, you know, yeah, that's the be... thing that they'll get. They'll get a license to be able to print that. Okay, that will go back into supporting, um, you know, uh, research in RAW, uh, the RFBS and that side of things as well. So, you yeah. know, that's the great out of, of this. Yeah. Guys, we're on patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Please, if you have the price of a cup of coffee or a pint, we deeply appreciate that each month. It really helps our side to keep this, this the show going for us to prepare. If you can, great. If you can't, not to worry, but uh, that's 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 where you make a contribution. Uh, and other than that, I'm looking forward to doing the funny pages next week. I think that's a brilliant idea. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's talk into that next week. Cool. Sounds good. Brilliant. Look forward to that. And, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for all of that. I've seen so much more activity on Patreon over the last mm. couple of weeks as well. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, do join us really there. Good. 
really good. Uh, if you're enjoying what you're hearing tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Otherwise, guys, right, guys, it's been a great evening. Thank you so Thank you. much. See you next week. Cheerio. <laughs> Blind, 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 blind.